We are starting, though, in downtown Vancouver, and the long-awaited Granville Street Renewal Project is being discussed by Vancouver City Council today. So what might that stretch of Granville Street look like in the future? Well, Jeff Gwinnard joins us now, Executive Director of ABLEBC, that's BC's Alliance of Beverage Licensees. Jeff, thank you so much for being with us. It is my pleasure. When we look at this plan, and it's a lengthy report that is being discussed at Council, what are your thoughts as far as what you would like to see change or improve in that Granville Entertainment District area? Well, let's start by saying like this, this is tremendously good news. This is really exciting. If we're going to call ourselves a world-class city, we need to have a world-class entertainment district. And that all starts with having a plan. The problem we've had is there's been very little coordination of what we even want the Granville Entertainment District to be. We're, we're still basing decisions off of a, a 1975 downtown official development plan. Now, I'm in my 40s, and I wasn't even alive when that plan was written. So you can tell it's not reflecting contemporary realities. But look, anybody walking down Granville Street, you, you can tell it's not what it could be, right? We do pretty well with the nighttime economy, but we also have you know SROs and social housing just to block off of it. Like putting those in the same area as the entertainment district, which is some of the most valuable real estate province, just doesn't really make sense. And just because we haven't planned it out properly. So what's passing today at city council is a plan to begin that process to find out what we want this group, this district to be and build those world-class cultural entertainment and artistic options that everybody will be able to enjoy. When we look back kind of at how it's changed as well and, and when it kind of became that entertainment mall and the idea that it would be a destination. I I mean, it seems like even though there was perhaps a good idea there or some vision there, it didn't really play out the way it was expected to. Then the pandemic hit, as we know, and it became Mm -hmm. pretty much a ghost town for for a couple of years. How has that kind of impacted a lot of the businesses? Well, it's been difficult for the businesses in that area, obviously. Uh, but I look at it as, you know, you go down Granville Street now, there's a lot of empty storefronts, people who didn't make it through the pandemic. That means now is the right time to have a plan to determine what we want to do with those storefronts and what we're going to do with the area. During the pandemic, we also had some of the hospitality businesses on the street that managed to make it through. But we did things like having temporary patios. It's a good time to talk about do we want to make those permanent because patios are great for citizens. They're bad for parking. Right. So what do we want to do about that? The, the, the kind of work that other countries have done, like in Amsterdam or London or New York, places with world-class entertainment districts, they have a nightmare. Someone whose job it is to be responsible for treating the nighttime economy as a place of artistic you know, and, and entertainment options to come together and contribute to the vibrancy of the city. So for us, the overall goal here and how we're, we're really excited about this is we want to work with the city to build and foster a world-class hospitality and entertainment district that we as British Columbians can be proud of, and we can market internationally to bring more tourists to the city, which is good for our economy as well. And looking at the list of the kind of the, these are called the key policy considerations for the, yeah. the planning and for the future. It goes through things. It's, you know, reestablish Granville as a premier destination for all uh, to prioritize reconciliation, uh, keep culture at the heart of the street. It says to expand day and nighttime activity. Um, yeah. It also talks about the distinctive heritage and the character of Granville Street, which is also something uh, if you walk along there or, or look at some of the construction, I know they're trying to preserve a lot of that and such. What about the issue, though, of vehicles? This is also very much uh, yeah. keeping it a public space. Uh, it says right in the report for walking, stopping, gathering, celebrating, but people still need to get there. 
Yeah, they, they absolutely do. But this all starts again with, with having a plan because what we've been doing is just sort of been pretty piecemeal about it. And it makes an eminent sense to, you know, for example, remove cars from large sections of Granville Street to encourage pedestrian traffic. But where are those cars supposed to go? Where are we going to be parking them? Right. So you have to look at the streets adjacent to them and making sure you have the infrastructure to do that. Right. Saying we're going to close it to Granville Street and put bike lanes on the adjacent streets and not give cars anywhere to go. Doesn't feel like we've planned that out. Right. The goal here is to make it accessible, in our view, from foot traffic to bicycle, from public transit and cars in a way that works for everybody. You can also look at before the pandemic, we had long discussions with the city and others, you know, because the, the nighttime economy often gets blamed for any kind of problems that exist on the street. And even though they're, they're not the responsibility of them, but, you know, we, we were looking at how do we find a way to build something that's going to work for everybody. And the city just wasn't able to support on it because they didn't have that plan. But putting it together now and getting all the right stakeholders to it, I think you'll be surprised that we're going to find out the tremendous assets we have with those unique historic buildings, the amount of businesses that are willing to invest, right, that are just looking for a bit of support from the city on it, right, and the kind of things that we can do to build a destination we can all be proud of. So that's that's what's happening today. Now, and it's, let's be real, it's not going to happen overnight. <laughs> We've got to take some time and go through the consultation process of this. But uh, I think we can build that plan now so that everybody knows what we want to do and we can get on the same page about it. Uh, you mentioned housing as well. That's also on the list of things to, to look at. And it's, it says to create uh, new affordable housing opportunities in appropriate locations, uh, define the role of SROs, social yeah. supportive housing. Do, do you think there is a role there, though, in that was, we certainly have seen other communities where different types of housing are, are integrated and and there is kind of that mix of housing as well as maybe uh, entertainment districts or, or, or different types of of, of destinations and what might draw some people? Yeah, I think the key focus there is you have to think about appropriate locations, right? You, there's no sense of putting this, this is sort of a six block area, um, you know, and going out a couple blocks from how to see more on the other side. You don't need to put affordable housing into that particular corridor from it. This is some of the most expensive real estate in the city and in the entire country, and the goal is to make it vibrant for businesses and the people who live in those areas. They can live a block away from it in either direction, but putting it in that area, making the consideration, doesn't really seem to make sense. The plan here has to be to build a vibrant, sustainable, and thriving cultural, artistic, and entertainment district for the city that's going to help contribute to our economy and the overall livability of our city. And we can't pretend that every single block has to have a mix of commercial and residential and everything. Like That's just not how any other entertainment district or other modern municipality would do it around the around the world. Uh, you mentioned too, so this isn't going to happen overnight, as we know. I think one nope. of the timeline that I saw was 18 months that mm-hmm. we might see a change or might see something happen. Do you think that's a reasonable amount of time or we, we might see something in, say, a year and a half? Yeah, I think that is actually. I, I, I think, you know, everybody wants to do things faster, but I've worked in and around government long enough to know that things take the time they take. But we also have to make sure that we're hearing from all stakeholders, right? I mean, I'm, I'm giving you my opinion, but there may be others who live and work in the entertainment district who would like to see it done slightly differently. And we also have to look at all of those little rules that we have now that we just added on and start to question the policy rationale. And as one example, in the, in the liquor industry, we have some nightclubs that are, have to close at 2 o'clock, yet a block away, there's some that are allowed to stay open until 3 o'clock. Why? Because the city has a plan that says on that side of the street, that's what happens, right? So we have little rules like that we have to look at. And then we have to look at how we balance the investment needed to actually get the street to what we all want it to be. 
All of that takes time. It takes meetings. The hospitality and liquor industry here in BC are, are raring to go. We've been doing some work on this for the past few years, uh, and we're eager to work with Mayor Sim and the ABC councillors to get this done because we, we really appreciate that they, they, they have stepped up the plate um, after years of neglect in this area to, to make something happen. All right. Jeff Gwinnard, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time today. It's my pleasure. Have a good one.